my name is Janae Brownie, and now tune in to the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by its hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of... Girl, I was goddamn hot So we left the crib, now we in a goddamn ride She looking goddamn fine I wanted a bitch who was down to earth But she want the goddamn sky uh, List of my problems Got that one on my line that won't stop fucking calling It's crazy how I made her that way Every time I see her out I see the hate in her face like, Why you do that? Tell her you love her And next week you just want your space Why you do, why you do that? Tell her you want her But next week you do your own thing Why you do, why you do that? I can't explain it But you know it working for me She text me I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you But how the fuck can you hate me? When I ain't this shit Would be the real thing She know I'm the real Gotta I've never been a one to try to explain why you catch them feelings. Alright, so on this uh, it's the Uncle Radio Show. We're here uh, with Janae Brown. This is Why Soul. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the whole not oh and Snapchat. Definitely Snapchat. The real wise. <laughs> um we got Janae Brown in the building. Let's clap it up for hey. her. Hey. Uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, having shout me. Shout out to social media and all that. Um, you can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Janae Brown. That's J-U-N-A-E Brown, like the color. Um, Snapchat is socialite underscore nay. Hey, hey, you be on, you be on, you be on the Snapchat. Yes, I am on the Snapchat. <laughs> Lots of fun on there. I like Snapchat because it's just not as, I guess. Um, like Instagram and Twitter, I feel like content is just a little more thought about. Yeah, yeah. Twitter is mostly like discussions, but mm-hmm. I'm still careful about what I say and how I say things. Yeah. Snapchat is just like whatever. And yeah. I'm like most people who follow me on Snapchat, they're like, you are a fool. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yo, can I tell you a secret about Snapchat? Sure. I'm so, scared. <laughs> nah, so sometimes right, I get like real tight. I'll be really upset. And I don't. I, you know, you know how it is. Like, it's hard to say things to certain people, whatever, because they don't know how to, you know, get it. Uh, so what I do is I like rant on Snapchat. At type, I've done it too. Before. But I reverse that shit. What? Yeah, I put it on reverse so no one knows what I'm talking about. But I actually said it out loud. You know what? Yo. That's 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 deep. Yo, yo. <laughs> like, that's really deep. I mean, nah, because people be people follow me on Snapchat and shit get back to people. Ah, ah but nah. You thought, Why don't thought you that? just write it down? Nah, because, yo, yo. <laughs> you need to put it out into the universe? Exactly. Put it out there. I said it. It's off my chest now. Done. Conversation okay. done. Okay. I ain't even mad no more. Okay. I ain't even mad. Sounds therapeutic. Yeah, very, very. Just I like just, these. I just, when I do rant, I just say what I have to say. I feel like I don't usually... Do I rant on Snapchat? Not really. I don't it's think I see you rant. I think you you just have you have fun. Like you yeah, have fun. I, I definitely have fun. I think the last thing that was closest to a rant was me saying, um, talking about how now that I'm like transitioning into a new space in life, uh-huh. certain people will be like, oh, you know, get upset that maybe I'm not out and about as much as yeah. I maybe was this time last year. Oh, that comes to the territory. Yeah, so you kind of got to balance it out. It's like if I don't have a purpose to be somewhere, yeah. like if there's not an opportunity for me to network, a.k.a. secure a bag, yeah. or if it's not Facts. supporting somebody that I'm close to or mm-hmm. something of that nature, 
Or, you know, there's sometimes I'll just go out because, you know, everybody needs a break sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. normally there's there's a reason. It has to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't just be everywhere just for the sake of being, quote unquote, in the mix. Yeah. No, nah, I, I feel you on that. Because uh, when I went to Miami, going out without a purpose was so amazing. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, you people, people still do this? Like, people still go Oh, out. do like, they? This is way <laughs> like, but this is wavy though. Like, I like this, you know. Like, I haven't, I hadn't gone out, um, you know, do it like without any purpose for a long time. Yeah, it like, feels good when you do get to do it though. Definitely. That's definitely. why, like, when um, my I have a group of like my best friends ever in life, mm-hmm. and we're all doing different things. Like, one of my friends in PT school, so yeah. she's in New York, but we never see her. The other one, she's in this like teachers program, mm-hmm. so we don't really get to see her like that. Yeah. One moved to South Carolina, the other one's in Arizona, and I'm always running around. Yeah. So yeah. when it's like time for us all to get together, it's just so great because I can just literally just be, and I'm like doing things just because I want to have fun with yeah. my friends, not because like, oh, I gotta go do this because secure this yeah, or yeah. So. well you know nah that, that that's dope you know I'm, I'm starting to see now like vacations and like linking up with like old legitimate friends it's that, so important man just man. because even if you know not to take away from friends that you meet or that you have in your industry or you know that's work related or that you meet along the way on your journey but i think it's important to get together with those people who love you just for who you are period mm-hmm. and not what you do yeah. before you even figured out who you wanted to be they were in your corner and if you decide to change it they're still going to be in your corner you know what i mean like mm-hmm. pe- pretty much they become like family yeah and so it's like those even if just like if my head is all over the place just being with those kinds of people for a couple of hours mm-hmm. it's just amazing how it could just clear your head you know, get your perspective back. You just remember, like, who you are. Exactly. And that life is just, it's just life. It's, it's just not life. that serious. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You preaching today. You preaching today. You preaching today. <laughs> so, uh, for everyone listening right now, so we're going to try something really, really, really new. Um, we're dead going to, like, record this. And I'm going to flip it and get it up before, like, y'all start going home from work. Oh, so, shucks. hopefully this, not for not hopefully, this is going to be up by 4 p.m. today. Cool. So, you know, up to date, up to date with the Encore Radio Show. Anyway, moving forward from all that now, I want to, like, I want to, I want this kind of interview to be all about you. Like, I need to know, okay. like, where did all this come from? Mm. You know, so the backstory. So, let's start with, like. Matter of fact, how far back should we go? Should we go high school? I was about school? to say, how much time you got? We got time. We got time. Should we go high school? Should we go little Janae? Mm. Like, you know, running around in school? Little like, Janae. Yeah, wow. Like, where, did, where did all this come from? Uh, I mean, where do you want to start? Let me know. I'm, I'm All right. I'm so let's, down. Let's, let's start here. So everyone that I see as like an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. They always have like their first entrepreneurial you know venture hmm. and like it starts at, a, at an age that they never really even saw it as like an entrepreneur venture they just kind of like right saw it as like oh i'm doing this for fun or i saw it on tv or whatever it is and then they look back and you know they look back at it now and say oh yeah like i actually did do like selling lemonade or something like that so what was your first entrepreneurial venture this is going to be weird because I don't really have one answer, I think, but okay. I have distinct memories of myself as a child and certain things that I did that now I'm like, okay. oh, wow, okay, <laughs> you were always a mess. Um, well, I think one of the earlier things I could remember is 
this is gonna be a mess. Um, so my grandfather's a pastor, right? Okay, wow. Bishop. Okay, okay. So you know, I wasn't a preacher's kid, but I pretty much was mm-hmm. because my mom, you know, of course, was grown. She worked a lot. She was doing her own thing. So I was like pastor's daughter, like me and my yeah. sister. Yeah. We were, you know, their grandkids. Okay. So you know. When you're like a PK, like of course everybody knows who you are. Everybody is relatively nice to you. PK, that's a nickname. Um, that's what they call preacher's kids. Wow. PK. Okay, okay. I just okay, come up. Okay. I'm like, well, I'm a GPK, but that doesn't <laughs> sound cool. So, um, yeah. So just running around. But I remember at one point I started. I don't know. I maybe was like eight. Yeah. And like after church, like I would be like. Would you like to make a donation to the Janae Brown Foundation? Mm. And people would really give me money. <laughs> it was so funny. My grandmother would be like, What are you doing? I'd be like, I'm just. And honestly, I was probably spending the money on like candy and wow. like ice cream and nonsense, but <laughs> it was a legit thing. And then, like, after a couple of times, I was like, Oh, okay. So I started getting, like, I would literally prepare myself and I would go around. Like, I think I had, like, envelopes. Like, I would just go and work oh, it out. Wow. <laughs> I know that sounds so bad, but hey, I was a kid. They were nice. And if they didn't have money, they'd give me candy. So it worked out. Um, another thing is, I think, entrepreneurial. Well, this is more so with throwing events. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, um, I grew up with like my cousins, so yeah. it would be my three boy cousins, mm-hmm. and then it was me, mm-hmm. and then later my younger sister and my two younger girls um, cousins came along. But for the most part, at first it was just me and the boys. Mm-hmm. A mess. Yeah. I think that's where I get like some of my like toughness from yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit, and why I've always been like cool with the guys because mm-hmm. growing up it was just me and the boys for the longest. Yeah. And I mean, I would play with my sister and my cousins, but they were a little younger than me. So it was like, okay, always down with the boys. Mm -hmm. So I remember we used to have, we had a pool in my grandmother's patio, like a kiddie pool or whatever. And so I started throwing pool parties. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at this point, I'm still like nine, ten, ten tops. Sorry, where where, where is this? Oh, this is in Harlem because I grew up um, in Harlem, born and raised on the east side. Yeah. yeah. Um, So basically, I grew up in a house Mm -hmm. and it's kind of, it was, it's kind of like a, I guess you can call it like a townhouse or like okay. similar to a brownstone, but bigger. So it was yeah, hard to yeah. call it a brownstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the bottom side front, like storefront area, that was where the church was. And then you'd walk around the corner mm. and up the block a little bit. And it was all the same building, but that was the entrance to our house. So oh, it was wow, like a, dope. yeah, it was cool. Three story walk up. Um, and there were like apartments on each floor. Yeah. Like, there's that kind of sounds one like on the bottom. Right oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like one on the bottom floor that you go up the stairs. It was two on the second floor. Uh-huh. Then you go up. Well, we would call that the first floor. But yeah, anyway, yeah. you go up two apartments. So you go up again. It was my grandmother's apartment. Um, the apartments were huge, though. It was like really weird. Like the, like there were no. It originally each apartment was two apartments. Oh wow! And when yeah. my family moved in, they knocked out the wall, yeah. and so it was like double apartments. Wow! Yeah, it was really big. And then you would go upstairs to the next floor, and that was where me, my mom, my sister, my stepdad lived. Yeah. So and then there was the patio, which mm-hmm. was through in the back of my grandmother's floor. Mm-hmm. So. The patios out there, my grandmother used to like garden and stuff, and we had the pool out there. Yeah. We would chill, eat, drink, whatever. We had like our own little like rooftop spot, basically. Yeah. 
So we would have these little pool parties. And so then I was like, yeah, all right. So this is what we're going to do. So I go to my grandfather and I'd be like, can we have some money so we could go get like pizza? We would, I would go to the chicken spot and we would get pizza, chicken, fries. And then I would go to like the corner store and the 99 cent store because, you know, they got like the candy for bulk. So we'd go there. We'd get like. Twenty dollars worth of candy, and that was a lot. Like uh, back yeah. then, like that's too I much. I mean, even now, it's a twenty dollars a lot. Of it's candy. still a lot, right? Yeah. But even back then, like imagine like, we were getting like triple what you could yeah, get now. Yeah, yeah. So we get like twenty dollars worth of candy, soda. Then I bring the radio out. Like oh, it was, was a, lame. it was a mess. So we would literally throw these pool parties, and if our friends came, like they'd be like, "Oh yeah, having a pool party." I had activities. Like it was a really a mess. Uh, and like thinking back, it's like. When I throw events and stuff now, it's like I've been doing this for a while. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I was always kind of like the event person. Even if it wasn't a big event, even if it was just something with my friends, like Mm -hmm. it would always be like something like that. That's cool, though. That's cool, though. Definitely like a, you know, very homey vibe. Like it's so cool to grow up with cousins that like your age. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I grew up with my, with uh, an older, well, actually two older cousins, and I was like the third. Mm -hmm. And I had like, Five cousins after me, but basically, um, my cousin just posted the status, whatever. He's like, Yeah, you know, uh, no matter what, I was always the first player. You know, you're playing the game, whatever. First person, you know, the oldest, oh, gets the first yes, controller. yes. He's like, He's like, he's like Yeah, wise, he was always, he was always player too. And I dead was always player too, all the time. <laughs> Video um, games, man, good, good, good times, good times, and, and a good start. And I mean, that brought you to, you know, a little bit to where you are today. But I just see you went to Five Towns? I did. Uh, I went to Five Towns in Long Island. Uh Um, Originally, I was a vocal major with a music business minor. Wow, okay. um, Because I sing. Well, I don't really sing this much these days, but Mm -hmm. growing up, I always was singing Being and a so PK, was, I could see that happening. Right. <laughs> so um I singing was something that I wanted to pursue at the time. I had been in a girl group, all this yeah. other stuff. I oh, was wow. writing. I still write songs, but uh-huh. I'm just not like really into the performance aspect that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, then somewhere along the way after like I think the first semester, I was kinda like, you know what? I can I I fell in love with the business aspect of it. So okay. I was like you know what? I don't need to pay these people to teach me how to sing. I yeah. already know how to sing. And I've been literally taking vocal training and, you know, been classically trained, like on piano, sight reading forever. Yeah. I was like, I can take these music classes as electives and mm-hmm. honestly just get more of the business side. Dope, dope, dope. So I switched my major to business management. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a great thing for me to do. My, my, Minor, well, concentration was still music business. Mm-hmm. So my classes were just so specific. Yeah, super specific. So, yeah. So on the business side, of course, I was taking, like, accounting and um, business organization, which is, like, where they teach you about the different types of companies, mm-hmm. general finance classes, all that good stuff. Um, then on the music business side, it was everything from, like, copyright um, and publishing to artists, actual classes on artist management, to yeah, actual yeah. classes on concert promotion and production, to mm-hmm. actual classes on, you know, music marketing specifically. So I learned so, 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 so much. And I'm grateful for that because it kind of put me ahead in the game even when I joined the workforce. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um, because I know a lot of people just kind of have to learn as they go along yeah. or they have a very specific area 
and then they just focus on that. So mm-hmm. maybe they went to business school and so they know some stuff about like accounting and finance and business or they went to you know, they have entertainment law degrees so they know about copyright and business law. Yeah. For me it's kinda like I know a little bit well, a lot of bit about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it was easy from easier for me I think than some people to like adjust and like really just know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Music so you, business wise. So you transferred to so you not transferred, you graduated and you went to the workforce now. Mm-hmm. Right. So where did you start working and like matter of fact, what was your path to start working? I think that's more super important. So I was always somebody who was always I like to be busy. Okay. Um so first I guess we could say let's start with Harlem Children's Zone. So when I was in high school, um there's an after school program, Harlem Children's Zone. Most mm-hmm. people from the city like know what it's about if you're from like uptown at all. Um, basically they would like pay you to go to after school. Really? Which sounds right, which sounds interesting. It's a great trick because they have so many great programs. So it was yeah. almost like tricking you into <laughs> becoming a better person, a better student, and yeah. like opening your eyes to things that like honestly you know, if you didn't just want something to do, you might just be running around outside and call mm-hmm. it a day. Mm-hmm. But um, it had a lot of different programs. Um, and then in the summertime, they would pay you to work a job oh, if nice. you didn't get summer use. Wow. Um, so it basically paid you to, it wasn't really a job, it was like an internship. So yeah, it'd be like yeah. a paid internship. So they'd set you up, well, they try to set you up based on your interests. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find something or someone to let you intern with mm-hmm. them and they'll pay you. Which is really cool because yeah. and it's like most people, especially back then, they're like, look, you can walk around with me, but I don't have the money to pay you yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So what I did was then um, uh, the first one I got that I felt like was really, really towards music. It was actually they didn't find something cool for me to do. So mm-hmm. I was working at like an after school program kind of thing. And yeah. I don't know what they had us doing in there. But I was just talking to one of the ladies in there about what I was interested in. And she mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay. Well, I know somebody who has a management company and they work with artists. They were like, you know what? I'm going to try to connect y'all. Mm-hmm. So I met with the guy and um, we hit it off just from then. Like he was really cool. And literally I started interning with them. They were working with this um, up-and-coming artist named Tess, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't know if people are familiar with her, but she's super, super dope. But it was her, and then they also were working um, with a clothing line, Rue 107, Uh which is funny because I still buy clothes from them, but I don't think they remember (laughs) where I learned them from. And, um, like, they were on Good Morning America. Like, they just were doing a lot of different things, and it was cool to see it hands-on and very, like, from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Like, everything. Like, from how they were able to, like, financially support the artists and how she was able to, you know, pursue her art full-time but Mm -hmm. still have money in her pocket and live because, you know, she was a grown woman at the end of the day. How to get clothes, makeup. Like, it was a lot of things that I learned putting on the shows. Like, it it was pretty cool. Um... And then after that, I had interned with um, a music teacher at Harlem Children's Zone. Mm-hmm. He had like a DJ management company. And then the weird thing, like I, um, I had ended up realizing that one of the other teachers was my cousin, <laughs> like my stepdad's cousin. So my cousin, wow. and um, he used to like manage Mace and 
my mentor that was there, like yeah. he used to work for Bad Boy. So it was like a whole lot of gems going around. Mm-hmm. And then the vocal teacher, she used to work with like Trey Songs and Songbook, like she was a writer. So constantly not just me sharpening like my pen game, but it was also them giving me a lot of keys and gems as far as the music business goes. So then after that, um, I was in school, right? So I'm in college and I was doing all these things throughout and I decided to pursue an internship at Sony because a part of my school is that basically my degree, I need an internship to graduate. Same, same, same. Yeah. So I, um, I landed the internship with Sony. I literally just, um, one of my friends, I think, was interned. The crazy thing is, I knew somebody who worked for Doug Morris. Yeah. Um, you know, basically like a family friend, and she was trying to get me in there, but for some reason, like they like were always like forgetting my app. Like I don't know, was it something weird? And I was yeah. like, Dad, and she was like, What's going on? They would be like, I right, next semester, we want you for next semester. So then, basically, one of my friends was like already interning with them or had the contact, and I just emailed like the lady who was over, um, like, the college HR department. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I sent her my stuff, you know, sent her a nice email. Um, And so right away she was like, oh, my God, yeah, like, let's do an interview, come in. (sighs) Saddest thing, huh? No, you were about to say. The first interview, I actually missed it because it was, like, snowing. And, like, the bus wasn't, like, running around my school. I was sobbing like I was so sad and like literally she was so cool about it she was like oh it's fine like okay just come next time I was like scared out of my mind like oh my god like I missed my shot I was so mad I would have been scared too I understand I was super scared so then I go to um I go to the interview it was fine I land the internship um in marketing at RCA and so that was great um except what happened was then I did the internship in the winter mm-hmm. and then spring semester came and I think I was, no, I did it in the spring semester and yeah. I was still interning up until, well, I wanted to until May until I graduated, right? Because yeah. it's my senior year at this point. So three weeks before graduation, I break my ankle. Oh, so now I have to stop everything. I have to stop my internship. I have to like slow down. On, I was president of like student activity, student government. Like I had to slow down on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I was on bed rest for three weeks. Wow. Um, actually longer than that, like a month and a half I was on bed rest in order for it to heal right. So again, I'm scared because I'm like, damn, this internship probably could have possibly landed me a job and yeah. now I have to stop it. Mm-hmm. They were like, what? They were like, listen, when you heal up, come back. Yeah. I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, like we like you. You do good work. Like, just come back when you're ready. As soon as I got my foot in a cam boot, I don't know if you know what a cam boot is. Yeah. I was out. <laughs> what? I was back. And then they were like, you know, you don't have to walk. I was like out on that cam boot. Like, that's like a time. Like, I was not playing. Like, yeah. you can tell me nothing. I'm like, what? I was limping up, down, the always running around. Like, you would have thought I had two perfectly fine feet because... <laughs> I was out the whole summer. Yeah, that's And cool. then, basically, there were no openings there, but um, mm-hmm. I had talked to, well, developed a relationship with the HR department there, and I was like, you know, um, you know, I just graduated, so if there's anything, you know, basically, just let me know where I'm looking. And so I started applying to stuff um, at the company, and I also told him, like, you know, I'm open to temp, like, yeah, you know, yeah. if there's nothing open. And so basically he was like, you know what? 
I think I have some stuff for you. I think I have something for you. Um, because I was going on all these different interviews, like for all these different areas. And he was like, what area do you want to be in? And I was like, honestly, I'm pretty good in a couple of things. Like I don't mind getting my foot in and working my way up. So he's like, okay, I have something for you. And, um, it was basically this position at Columbia with the CFO. Okay. I'm looking at him like, what? I do marketing. Like, what do you mean? See, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Before you give me that look, he's like, he wants somebody creative. So I'm like, okay. I literally met with my old boss and instantly, like, I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. He was like, yeah, I think you're dope. I think you're really creative. And I want you here at this company. He was like, so get your foot in the door and we'll figure it out from here. Like. Let's go. I learned so much at Columbia. It was crazy. Um, Just being privy to so much information and Mm -hmm. just how, like, record deals work. And, like, because everything that basically had to go to him had to pass through me. Yeah, yeah. And he also was just a great mentor as far as, like, you know, I could go with him with any question, just asking how things work. And this was a time where, you know, labels were starting to take streaming more serious Uh so uh just the logistics of that and how that would go and title was coming into the picture so i just learned so 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 much and then just being around you know music executives all day too is something because it's like you just learn just about the culture how things work more and things that i think that you maybe won't learn in certain other um entry-level positions especially if yeah. they're more creative because it's kind of separated like yeah, you stay yeah, over yeah. there till you get to a certain level yeah. what uh, you mentioned you had mentioned that you had developed a relationship with hr like mm-hmm. people don't even get that now like people don't understand that concept now it's people who 26 27 28 who don't grasp the concept of developing a relationship with somebody right you grasp yeah. that very early like did you even realize that you were developing a relationship with them or was it just like, oh, yeah, I'm just, you know, this is the work, this co-work with co-workers, whatever, I'm going to chat with you? I mean, I am a person who, one thing about me, especially, well, not just in work, just in life, I try to do my best to be polite to everyone. Yeah. Uh, whether I know you or not, personally, I'm always that person who's going to say hello, good morning, good afternoon, how you doing? If we do have to interact at all, you know, if you know, and being an intern, you know, you're given assignments. The assignment could literally just be bring this piece of paper to so and so. Yeah, yeah, So, but now it's like, okay, I know so and so's name. Hi, how are you? This is from so. Like, just keeping that kind of thing up. I won't say that I'm a person who's buddy buddy with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I'm. I like to keep things natural. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I don't like to force stuff. Like, I'm not that person. Like, even at work, like, I'm not that person who's going to be, like, trying to be BFFs with everybody and yeah, yeah, in everybody's yeah. face. I got to make my rounds for the whole day. Like, no. If I connect with you, I connect with you. Regardless of what the scale is, right. you know, 1 to 10, like, you know, but I'm always respectful to everybody mm-hmm. and pleasant. I can mm-hmm. have a conversation with literally anybody. Yeah. I think with him, it was more so, like, it was that. And yeah. then... I was talking to my supervisor at the time, and he was like, you know what? He was like, reach out to him and, you know, see what's up. Mm-hmm. Literally, that's what I did. I reached out to him, and I was like, you know, hey, I explained what's going on. And I was like, if you have any time, you know, I'd love to stop by and chat with you, meet with you. He see, was also these somebody. Key, these are key ways to communicate with people that, like, people don't necessarily comprehend. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody's not going to tell you yes, but, I mean, you put enough 
out there. Yeah. Somebody's got to bite. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was also, it wasn't just the relationship developing with him. It was based off of the relationship that I had with my supervisor. Mm-hmm. So now I have somebody to vouch for me to say, hey, my intern is dope. She just graduated. Yeah. Here's her resume. And then it's also me reaching out for myself. Yeah. So now you see that I'm also self-sufficient to mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, here's my situation. Here's all my stuff. You know, I love to chat with you if you have time. And that even goes back to you with, with, with the internship. Like, you didn't just you didn't just rely on your family friend to get you in. Like, you went Right. And, and I think contract. that was so important for me, period, mm-hmm. as a person. Um, because, you know, sometimes I think when you're well-connected or even decently connected, you kind of rely on that. And I think sometimes it almost paralyzes people yeah. because they, yeah. like, are thinking like okay so I got this is my cousin and my cousin works here so blah 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 so this is how I'm gonna get in and all this that and the third and I like literally did not do that I literally did it myself I sent the yeah. email myself and then later people are like oh you know so oh you and I'm like yeah. yeah but I also want people to know me for me know my work for me yeah. their perception of me I want it to be based off solely off of my work and not off of their relationship with somebody that I'm connected to. Yeah. So and see, I, I, I honestly respect that because I find that, like you said, a lot of people who have connections, they mm-hmm. rely on them heavily and they become paralyzed. There are a lot of people that I know, like I didn't, because I, I was born in New York and I, I lived in mad other places. Right. So when mm-hmm. I came back here in 2011, like I didn't have a lick of nobody to talk to. <laughs> like it was, a, it was like my, my couple, two friends that were, um, were still in Canarsie and that was it. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, you grind hard to build a base or whatever, and you learn how to come to people correctly. But, you know, once you have that connection already, some people forget how to grind, how to, yo, let, right. me, let's, let me go run down them. Let me go find them on social media, see if their email was posted anywhere before. Let me see if anyone that I might know might know them so that I can be introduce them to them the right way. You know, like, exactly. just a bunch of things. I'm not saying don't use your connections, like, definitely, but don't rely on exactly. your connections. And I think also sometimes, too, like, if you're too well connected, quote unquote, some people try to discredit you too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they only got that because, because X, Y, Z. And it's like, honestly, sometimes it's harder because yeah. people are looking at you. One, you got more to prove because you better. And there's no room for error. Mm-hmm. And then also, people already have a chip on their shoulder about yeah. you because they feel like you're. It's almost like that. Oh, like. Like the Richie Rich mentality, like, yeah. oh, you just here, like, you don't really, you're not really about this life. Yeah, or they have yeah, a chip yeah. on your shoulder because, oh, I worked so hard to be here. And I mean, but that happens with everything. If yeah. you're young, it happens. If you're a woman, it happens. It's just, it's a lot. That's one thing I, I can say I experienced too, is just being younger in the industry. And um, if you're creative or if people like you, like, I don't know, people just find reasons. They, some people don't even know they have it, but they have like this chip on their shoulder. Like where like, you know, I've been doing this for 20 something years and I, you know, I busted my ass to be here. Like you need to be grateful and you may not even be being young. You could just be doing nothing, but they just have that mentality. It's almost like, you know, in like fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. it's like oh i was hazed so now i'm a yeah, yeah, i'm gonna yeah. do this to you while you pledging it's like that i don't know it's strange do you but. you know that's i would say personally that's the one thing that's like that kept me outside of that lane and made me like create my own through an mm-hmm. entrepreneurial path because like i don't like that type of mentality it just it kind of turns me off it's yeah. like I, i'm like i come from a background of like if i can help you i'll help you right like, even if you 
you may not like deserve it yet, but I'm gonna put you in a place where you where you can deserve it and learn to earn mm-hmm. the rest of it. Whatever. I just felt like it was a lot of like hazing. I, I, yeah. Yeah, uh, it can be a lot, and I think that this particular generation of millennials, I want to say people from the age of like. 23 to like 30 mm-hmm. like I feel like my general consensus is like we're not really with it Yeah, it's like it's only but so much like some people are but I feel like there's a lot of us that are like honestly I'll take what I learned from you and I'll do it myself Yeah, like I don't yeah. you know dealing with all of that I feel like sometimes is just too much and if we could find a way, like you said, to carve mm-hmm. our own lane, like that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. I and I so yeah, there are a lot of millennials. I mean, I I, I always like go back and forth with this, right? Because on one hand, you know, you have like a generation before us that sees millennials and they're like, Oh nah, like y'all y'all expect everything is just gonna be y'all hand, lazy. Hand for y'all, y'all mad. Blah, lazy. blah, blah. Y'all feel like your <laughs> opinions matter and stuff, whatever. And it's like, well, for eight, that's how y'all raise us. So of course we're gonna experience. Right. We're gonna that's think the like crazy that. part. Yeah, you know. But um, on the flip side, there are millennials who really are wild lazy, yep. or who really just do not know how to do for themselves. And I think that you know people see that stereotype, or whatever, and they automatically just jump to that. But then there are some that grind so crazy, mm-hmm. like some that don't sleep. I mean, like people always say, you know, like not sleeping is not is not healthy, and it, it really right. isn't. But like there's some people who dead don't sleep, really working hard, like they grinding all the time, and it's like how can you just hold one? You know, you put you know put one um, idea uh, on the pedestal and just completely forget about the ones that are grinding crazy. Right. I mean. Like I feel the way I feel is that it's like it's totally fine. Like you can sleep as much as you want to, but within the next five to ten years, let's see what y'all have yeah. to say about us now. Exactly. So exactly. you know, I I think in every that's the weirdest thing too. It's like this. I hate the term. Like I want to mute it on Twitter. This generation. Like I hate that terminology because it's like every generation has. Things are going to happen. It's life. The world is ever changing. Mm-hmm. Every generation is going to have a group of people that act a certain way, yeah. group of people who act another certain mm-hmm. way. Like, I just feel like there's so much focus, but the climate's changed with media and the internet. So it's just a constant focus on the whole millennial thing. But the world is different. Like, yeah. I don't... Whatever, like I said, we'll see what happens in the next five or ten years. De- definitely, I, I, I feel the same as that way. All right, so we're gonna cut. We're gonna cut to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we got to get into all the things that you're doing now. Literally every single thing. Let's okay. break it down. Let's figure out where we, where what we're gonna see for 2017 from Miss Janae Brown. Let's get to it. It's the Uncle Radio. Should be right back. This is 777 by G.O.D. off his new project, Never Going Back. Shout out to G.O. And this is a song that I have heavily in my rotation right now. Just to 
get it back. And the niggas said this money don't need me, don't let me catch it. I run up on them and I'm running everything they had. When I'm in the hood, man, I'm still up on the stool. Shopping with the gang, like this is what it do. And the cool sipping juice, say chuck and juice. And the police shot to find us, but they gang's find them both. I don't need no casino, I gamble life ain't dinner. Since I was young, so candy up at the playground. Bitches go fuck a nigga all because of my name now. Niggas think they go in the race, run that down my bitch. Wow. Nigga, nigga, keep all the really stuff, bitch. You only gonna get love if you get love, bitch. So come over here and just fuck, bitch. Cause my niggas really all I rebelled against against it so bad. Like, that shit is whack. These niggas is not rappers. I was so tight. I was so tight growing up. So like, I rebelled against that. But I went to the last shopping and dabbing that y'all had. And, oh my god, I had mad fun. You did. I I'm so glad. I, I was standing on the chair and shit, just wilding. Yeah, the parties get wild sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, so let's talk about trap and dabbing, how it started, and um, where you where you where where we going from there. So, Trapping and Dabbing um, is an event that I throw with my partner in crime, Kim Chanel. Shout, Shout out to Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, well, the weird thing is that first, me and Kim, um, we have a mutual friend that was telling me that, I guess, when I was working, we were both in the building at Sony at the same time at mm-hmm. some point. Okay. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen this girl, but all right. Yeah. So we started following each other on social media and she was saying how she wanted to throw an event, but she needed help. She didn't know where to start. And so yeah. I heard her and I was like, you know, if you need help, like I throw events, like I did that all through school. Yeah. I was throwing some in the city at that point too. Mm-hmm. Um, with some other people I'm cool with. So I was just like, I mean, so just let me know. We yeah. can figure it out. Yeah. So then she did. We sat down and we just started brainstorming. And the weird thing is that a lot of it was based on because we both go out a lot. Yeah, and then, yeah. you know, as you start to as we got more and more close, like we would be, you know, hanging out, going out. And we just tried to make the party everything that we do like and everything that we don't like mm-hmm. about New York City. OK. You know, the scene or okay. nightlife. Um, so Trap and Dabbing was born. We did the first one. In Brooklyn at the Locks, mm-hmm. um, that one was cool. It was really fun. Um, then the second one we did though was crazy. Like it was like first of all, it was zero degrees outside. It was January second, <laughs> and I don't know if you know anybody who's been to the Locks knows that it's not a huge place. Yeah. Like it's a decent size. Mm-hmm. But yo, we were beyond over capacity. Like people could not move, they could not breathe. We were standing on the stage and could not move. That's like crazy. it was that crazy. Like, oh my goodness. Like the like people we couldn't line up more people in. People were like outside lined up. Like it was wild. That's but crazy. it was so much fun. Um we had G O D perform. He's uh-huh. from Boston. Shout out to Gio. Um Trey Pizzy came through. He performed. Hey, so it yeah. was it was just a lot of fun. Like that was crazy. And in that moment, it was like I looked at Kim. Kim looked at me, and we was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like what? And like so many people were like, "Yo, like we think I really got something here." Like one, I had mad fun even though I couldn't move, and yeah. two, <laughs> like this is dope. Mm-hmm. So then we did the next one at Paperbox um, mm-hmm. with Yali, Sassy Yali, um, Molly Raw, who is um, Lil Uzi's producer. Yeah. Um, that was dope. Fat G's also performed. He's mm-hmm. an artist out of Philly. Um, paper box is crazy for us too because we use the whole paper box, and the yeah. whole paper box I believe fits about four fifty. Wow. So we had like definitely doubled and some our numbers. 
um, and we packed it out. So that was cool. Um, then the next one we did, we put a. Do we do the '90s one next, or feel, I think we did the next one. We put a spin on it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do like kind of a throwback, kind of like a '90s party. Yeah. So that's where Trapping for the '99 came mm-hmm. from. Trapping mm-hmm. for the '99 2000s. <laughs> that was too lit. <laughs> we had a new venue and we went crazy. Like, oh my god, that first one was just so wild like all i remember is like jumping on the couches <laughs> like it was so much fun like people really had a good time um and as you know as we go along we would add certain things like we had open bar we had food we had cupcakes like each time we try to add like give people more yeah. um some people call us crazy because we also still keep our party like within a reasonable price mm-hmm. and they're like they're getting a lot for that price and we're like yeah but I mean, our main objective is, yeah, you do want to make money because money, you know, you need money to live. But the main objective is really for people to have a good time. Absolutely. Like, Kim and I both have other aspirations Mm -hmm. that are more so geared towards, like, artists and music. So, it's like, the events are fun, but it's not, you know, it's not our end-all, be-all. So, we really just like people having a good time. And also, when we can, you know, present in that platform for up-and-coming artists to perform and get in front of an audience Mm -hmm. we also did philly we did atlanta um and in the next coming year well one we have a party coming january 7th um i'm not supposed to reveal that but it's a little exclusive (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're doing another party january 7th but look out for that it's gonna be fun and we're adding some really cool different elements that we've never ever ever added before so it should be a lot of fun um and then, yeah, we just really want to keep giving people, you know, the good time, what they enjoy expanding. We have a couple of cities that are asking for it. So hopefully this year, fingers crossed, we're working on them now. But hopefully, you know, we get to D.C., we get to L.A. Um, Boston is looking like a go-to mm-hmm. um, just to start. And I'm definitely pumped about yeah. Boston. One. My best friend lives in Boston. Yeah, so okay, there. nice. That's good. So we just want to keep doing that. And then we also have other events that we, Kim and I, want to do or have that we're planning. So Trapping and Dabbing is like our baby. Yeah. And then we just have so many other things coming for 2017. So look out for that stuff. That's crazy. I have so many questions on that. But then there's another huge event that you're also a part of. Oh, yeah. In, the in house crew. Like, Shout out to the in-house. Word, like I, I haven't had a chance to have all y'all on at the same as that. That time. would be the best. But when show I get this, when I get this mixer for the studio, I'm bringing all <laughs> yeah, y'all in you at got the to. same time. Like, brace yourself real, though, because oh, we're nah. we're definitely an interesting bunch. Shout out to the in-house. Um, the in-house is shortly put an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of partying, but was also showcasing up and coming artists out of New York City. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other whatever f- fun stuff we decide to like throw in the mix for the mm-hmm. time. I do stage managing and help with some marketing for it because yeah. you know, marketing is my thing. Yeah. But I also do stage managing mm-hmm. um, and just anything else that needs to be done throughout the night because we're a team. So, what is that? What does stage managing mean? Um, basically, well, one, figuring out the set list. Mm-hmm. Um, so, who's performing, when, where, DJ transitioning. All that good stuff. Um, and, yeah, making sure people are on the stage when they're supposed to be on mm-hmm. and off when they're supposed to be off. Yeah. Um, working with the sound and lighting 
guy. So making sure everybody's mics are on, mm. right levels, music is playing. If a speaker goes out, like just anything revolving around the stage. And also making sure that people stay off the stage. <laughs> My goodness gracious. Like you will never understand the pain and agony <laughs> and the stress in my brain when a thousand people who don't need to be on the stage and be on the stage. Yeah. Love y'all, yeah, but I'm son. definitely the person like, excuse me, can you, you mind stepping down? Gotta give him a little, a little nudge. And like. it's just also a, a hazard. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very much like, I don't just, like, this is not my first time stage managing. Mm-hmm. I also used to have to stage manage for a bunch of other shows, or yeah. and, and especially, like, in college and stuff like that. And I was a host, so yeah, yeah, yeah. hosting is just... Extra people just can cause so much problems, like from just the actual bodies mm-hmm. and like hazardous or you trip or it's just so many things and it's just unnecessary and I can't see like yeah. it's just a lot. I understand that just analyzing analyzing the risk and deciding whether the risk factor is worth it and not not just out of ten it's not so get your ass off the stage. Stay off the damn stage, you know. You know? I, I mean, I get it. Like, if you're a part of like an artist set, or like you know, you're, um, you know, if you're a part of the team and that's your thing, cool. Yeah. But like, again, like, there's no need for, you know, if you're an artist, like you're up there, cool. People from your team, your hype man, whoever's up there, cool. But you don't gotta have like the other ten people that came from you yeah. on the stage while you're performing. To me, I don't think that makes sense. I actually think they should be in the crowd so that it looks Hyping like you up. have an yeah, audience. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. but no, everybody is a star, so everybody has to be on the stage, Snapchatting in the way, knocking yeah. stuff over. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a, yeah, do we that's, have to? That's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. So in house, are y'all like, are y'all gonna take that on tour? Much similar to trapping? Maybe. Okay. In house, uh, we always have a lot of things up our sleeve, but definitely mm-hmm. look out for us for 2017. We got some cool stuff happening. So wavy, 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 wavy. There's some, there's some places that I know and that are interested in in house, like for a fact. I think mm-hmm. I talked to Shanae about it already too. So, but yeah. Anyway, moving on from that now, <laughs> market the marketing agency now. So let's not this. This is this yes. is like the this is the big baby now. Yeah. This is, this this is your is, toddler. Not this is my. I don't know if I can even call it a toddler, okay. but it is like a toddler because uh-huh. it's something that I've been like working on mentally, if nothing else, for a long time yeah, now. Yeah. Um, a well simmered idea. Yes. Cook up. I'm very strategic mm-hmm. just in general in life. So I have to have time to really, you know, map out the idea. And also just me coming from a business background yeah. I understand that it's important to do that mm-hmm. and not saying that you can't just start a business and learn as you go along but I just feel like there's a lot of risk factor in that mm-hmm. and things to just be so much smoother you're gonna run into bumps unexpected things regardless yeah. so why not be as prepared as you can mm-hmm. and then go yeah. so that's my thing um so after I was at Columbia I was at RCA and urban marketing mm-hmm. so I learned a lot just about being hands-on as far as dealing with, you know, artists and brands, especially in urban. Um, So now my marketing agency is basically, you know, what we do is we help brands, artists, and companies maximize their potential Mm -hmm. by becoming the best version of themselves. So that means that basically, you know, everything that we do as far as marketing, Mm -hmm. um, it's based off of, what you already possess. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're adding things on, but it's mostly like 
in the growing sense. So mm-hmm. it's basically a lot about authenticity. Okay. I think that sometimes where people go wrong with marketing is that they try and create something new, like mm-hmm. an entirely new persona. Okay. And not only do sometimes people see through that, but if they don't, it's a little hard to keep up yeah. with when it's just too piled on. Mm-hmm. So my thing is taking whatever already makes you great as a brand, as a company, as an artist, like whatever your niche is, and finding cool ways to make people see that, yeah. basically. Um the way we do that is through consultations, um, customized marketing plans. Uh, when it comes to artists, if it's whether it's for actual whole project or for a single, and also through like experiential events, and again, when it comes to artists, listening events and things yeah. of that nature. So, so for so for brands, um, like how. Let's say um, a brand is looking for like a social media, a, a social media boost, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, fact, I use I use my own example. Let's say okay. like I'm, I'm looking for a boost on Instagram for my company, right? Um, but I want specifically, um, you know, black women and like young black males to follow the page. Like, how would how would someone even like start that 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 search? Like, how do you find the, that audience base? How do you craft um, content specifically for them to bring them on. How are they even seeing it? Especially with like the new Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, reverse chronological <laughs> or lack thereof yeah, of chronological Instagram order. Instagram is turning up right now. Oh, all man. the changes. Um, well, first, I would say back all the way up and figure out, you know, first of all, what is it that your brand is trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Mm-hmm. Who's your target audience, your mm-hmm. target market? Yeah. And how is it that whatever your niche is as a company, if you figured it out, mm-hmm. how does that line up with your target audience? Yeah. And I think that's kind of how you figure out, one, who your target audience is. Because depending on your niche, if your niche doesn't match up with your target, if that's not something that they want or that they're interested in, you mm-hmm. might want to change your target audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if they do, let's say they do match, hopefully, mm-hmm. right? Um, you got to figure out, what it is do they have a need for your niche and then if they do that kind of helps you figure out different ways to attract them to your niche if that makes sense and then that's how you base all of your content and everything you do based off of your niche and your target market Mm -hmm. so what is it that i have and who am i trying to get it to and then that's how you would you know formulate all that stuff as far as like digital stuff goes in general um, you know, I know like the basics of digital, but when it comes to, oh, that's a big part of my company too, is that I'm a human being and I'm very honest and mm-hmm. I realize that I know what my specialties are. Mm-hmm. I think people get that confused too. It's like they want to be like super great at everything. Yeah. Like you can be knowledgeable and you should be knowledgeable about everything, but mm-hmm. you got to know when like how far you can go. And a big thing for me is making sure that my clients get what they need. So for example, during my consultations, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll do a, a whole analysis of just your, you know, your brand overall as it is. And of course that'll include social media because that's a big part of people's brands nowadays, you know, all your content that you do have your product, how it's doing all that good stuff. Um, And at the end of the consultation, you know, because, 
also the consultation like i'm not taking on clients without doing a consultation yeah. the reason for that is before i take your money i would like to make sure that i can help you absolutely you know what i mean integrity is a big thing for me too and i know there are a lot of people out here no shade to them hustle on but <laughs> i just can't do that that's just not my my steez so it's like, all right, let's sit down and figure out. And also, do you need what I have to offer yet? Or are there steps that you're skipping? Mm-hmm. Like when you see artists and they're like, oh, I need this, I need that, I need that. And it's like, no, actually, you need to get your music mixed. Yeah, let's start here before yeah. we get to, you know what I mean? Like you don't even have the product together yet Absolutely. before we can start marketing it properly. Mm-hmm. Because I could put all types of black girl magic all over your product, but if it ain't good, like, you know what I mean? If it's not quality, it's still not going to hit. It's not going to stick. People will see it, but they're not going to cling to it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, so there's that. So you, you know, have the consultation and figure out what you need. And based off of that, we're either going to, you know, maybe you need to take some of the advice that I gave you and then meet back up with me at a later date. And then Mm. we use my services or maybe there's other things that you need to do, like I said, before you use my services, yeah. and I'll be helping you figure out how to do that. Yeah. I have a lot of different connections. Literally, everybody in my personal and professional life, of course, are some type of way, yeah. whether it's entertainment lawyers, accountants, engineers, producers, photographers, publicists, bloggers, stylists, like... Mm you name it actual musicians actual background vocalists like whatever it is choreographers like whatever it is like i have you need somebody in an area i got it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like or if i don't got it i know somebody who can get me to somebody so included in my consultation based off of your needs Mm -hmm. i'll be giving you a list of people that you can contact for services that you may need Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so even if it's a thing where it's like okay Um, as a part of the marketing plan I'm putting together for you, if a big part of it is digital and I need some help with some CO stuff, you know, or something like that, there's people that I can reach out to who can make sure that it's done properly Mm -hmm. versus me trying to wing it and just telling you a bunch of nonsense Nonsense, and it doesn't, because that's going to mess up the overall plan anyway. Yep. So in that case, I would look at, you know, the social media and the niche and the target audience. And then after that, if there's more we can do just on the digital side, on the mm-hmm. social side, mm-hmm. that's when I would bring in one of my connections or somebody yeah. that I know that's a digital marketing manager, expert, whatever yeah. the case is. Mm-hmm. And, All right. Yeah. That's enough free. It's enough free content for everybody. Yeah, man. They don't need to be here no more. They just got to be prepped and ready. This is true. Prepped and ready to, to pay for them services. Yeah, that's a sure. So when when are we going to see a full-scale launch? So full-scale launch will be, fingers crossed, um, at the end of January. Um, I actually already have clients, which is a crazy hey. thing. I already have clients. So um, as far as consultations are concerned, um, you can definitely feel free to reach out to me on social media. And, you know, of course, we can exchange email contacts and stuff from there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I'm already kind of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the full website launch and everything goes, that'll be in mid January. And then I'm having a launch event as well. Hey. So stay tuned for that because it's going to be really cool. It's not just going to be like, hey, look at my company, drink, drink, and eat food. There's going to be some of that, but it's going to be something that I'm into helping everybody. Like, I, I want like everybody to win. This is not really about me in general, hey. the whole agency thing. So mm-hmm. that should be really cool. That's super dope, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Janae Brown. 
Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you for coming to the Encore Radio Show. We getting ready to flip this so y'all can hear this content. But when I go and I hit pause real quick, I'm going to get her favorite song so that we can drop that into the, at the end of the show. Hey. So we plug one of her favorite artists or whatever it is. And we go from there. So again, this is uh, Wise Soul. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Real Wise. Um, follow the Encore Radio Show at Encore Radio Show. Same Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also um, on, we have a website, OncoRadioShow.com, where you can see all of our old episodes. And of course, we're part of the Indie Creative Network, a platform for black and brown influencers to.